0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to another commercial-free Conspiracy Unlimited Plus episode for premium subscribers. Is our world actually reeling toward the prescient days of Noah? Those days of unparalleled global turmoil as foretold by Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke? Are we really on the brink of a universal shaking as a number of today's prophecy watchers are warning? Carl Gallops is an Amazon best-selling author and the senior pastor at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. His latest book is The Summoning, Preparing for the Days of Noah. Hey, Carl, welcome back. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Richard. Thanks for having me back.
0: I want to take you back a couple of years, and you were all over the media talking about, you had this feeling. You had this feeling, I think you called it a, a snap, like a prophetic snap, that someone was something was about to snap. And then, of course, March 2020 rolls around. What were you feeling before 2020 that led you to think something was about to break in a major way?
1: Yeah. Well, brother, listen, thanks for asking. And let me just tell your audience, because a lot of them may not know me or the integrity that I try to uphold in my writing and in my speaking. If I make a statement about, you know, I knew this was coming, um, I only make it if it has been witnessed by many people. In other words, that I talked about it, that it's on record. Um, well, I'm a pastor of a church, one church and th- I've been in as the pastor for 35 years. I just started my 35th year. Prior to that, I spent 10 years in Florida law enforcement with two different sheriff's offices doing a lot of my own criminal investigations in one of those departments. And, and so I've got a lot of life experience, and I know better than to get in in media like yours and worldwide media like yours and everywhere and, and and just lie. So I want your audience to know, yes, for about 10 years before 2020, I was saying in the media that I just felt like something was around the corner, a, some kind of a snapping. Now, it I didn't claim to be a prophet, uh, but God has used me prophetically through the years. I will say things and and preach the Word uh, and say, look, here's what the Word of God says about the days before the return of the Lord. I'm not a date setter, but good gracious, the signs are before us. And, and so I would say, I think you know, before our lifetime's over, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and they have over the years. They, they have. So people say, man, you must have the spirit of prophecy. I say, well, maybe, but I'm just preaching the word. The prophets have already spoken, but people don't want to believe them, you know? So yes, about 10 years ago, I was preaching in my pulpit. I was preaching at prophecy conferences in front of thousands of people. I've been on TV and radio, major Christian television, and even secular radio and TV, saying... For the last ten years, that something's coming. Something is that's going uh, that's going to kind of snap. The whole world's going to kind of get on board. I said I don't know if that's a world war. I even said I don't know if it's going to be some kind of pestilence, plague, or 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 uh, pandemic. I literally said that in my book, uh, Masquerade, which is only like eleven months out now. Um, so. I even in that book uh, made the case that somehow the governments of the world were going to shut the churches down. (laughs) I mean, I mean, a year before it happened and it was in that book. And so, again, God used me prophetically. So, yeah, I, I really felt that now as it was getting closer to 2020. Um, I was writing that book, Masquerade, in twenty nineteen, and I was really unloading in that, saying, you know, basically something's getting ready to snap. I can feel it. And it's and what I mean by snapping is, you know, that it's somehow it's going to affect the church. It's gonna affect God's people. It's gonna it's gonna be this spirit of antichrist that's gonna grow globally, it's gonna infect and affect Um, uh, governments and rulers and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you know, as it turned out, brother, as I say in my newest book, The Summoning, I begin by saying, you know, for years I felt like something was going to snap. And I think now I know what it was, when it was, and why it was. It was 2020, you know, uh, probably the whole uh, C-19 thing started in 2019, Uh, But I say in that book, I say, look, I'm not saying that COVID-19 is the demon of the the last days. I'm just saying it's a real thing that caused real fear, global fear. It was really weaponized by governments. It still is being used as a weapon to control people and elections and power over churches and synagogues and, and governments and schools and businesses. I mean, it's just it's coated. it's immersed in this evil spirit, and it's all over the world. And so I'll I'll say this, and then I'll hush, but one of the greatest signs to me that this was the beginning of the snapping was 2020 hit, but by March and April of 2020, right when Resurrection Sunday was rolling around, that was the first time since the birth of the church 2,000 years ago that all over the world Churches were basically shut down for in person meetings they, on resurrection. They, they put padlocks.
0: Sunday. I saw on YouTube them, uh, Orthodox priests padlocking the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem the first time in 2,000 years.
1: Yes, that's my point. It's those kinds of these unprecedented things. I record these things in my book, The Summoning. And it, and the book's not, you've you've read it. You know it's not just some PhD academic level of, you know, recording everything. I, I tell stories and I pull it all together and I go to the headlines and I say, and, and I make it very personal all the way through. You know, what if so-and-so happened? Well, guess what? It did. And then I explain it. And so, so I'm just, I, I've had people read that book and they've said, you know, I I guess we kind of knew all this was happening, but I've never—people are saying, "But, but this is the first thing I've seen where the dots are connected from A to Z, and it's cataloged and referenced, and it's couched in story form. It's like watching a movie, but yet everything I knew in my soul that was happening, it's right here together in one book. So God is using it. Brother, you can't find it anywhere. It sells out everywhere. I mean, Amazon, Books A Million, brick-and-mortar stores, big big ministries that buy them by the thousands to offer them to their people. They're on back order. They're sold out. The printers are, can't keep up with it. So I don't know what's happening. I mean, God's blessing it, but it's resonating with people. And, yes, that's my long answer to your short question. I've been sensing this was coming for a long time and I've been talking about it. Now, I think, I'm not saying this is the very last days. I don't set dates. I'm not saying this is the end, the be-all of end-alls. I'm saying this is the snapping. So many things that we can say, this has never happened before, this has never happened before, this has never happened before. I mean, when you can say that one or two times, that's huge. But when you can say that a dozen times and it applies all over the world, that's monumental brother that's prophetic and that's what's happening right now
0: so let's talk about the church so in 2020 uh, in march as you say just as um you know billions were celebrating easter you had uh, national guards uh, surrounding uh, churches you had prisons uh releasing prisoners because of covid uh, concerns and then you had priests going into jail up yep. here in Canada, we have uh, the this uh, video of uh, Arthur Pawlowski, a Polish-Canadian pastor who okay. uh, verbally harangued, God bless him, these uh, Calgary police officers who stormed into his church during an Easter service, traumatizing many in attendance, uh, and of course he saw echoes of Communist Poland where he grew up, and yeah. so he yeah. just went off on them. Um, we have uh, we had another pastor in Edmonton who yep. was jailed for 35 days then they turned his church into a crime scene, triple fenced it we had uh, tactical police, about 200 of them surrounding this church uh, now they're holding church services underground uh, which is deeply prophetic uh, so it begs the question because you know I'm an Orthodox Christian. This is going to be our second, you know, we're we're getting ready uh, to celebrate our Easter, a second year in a row. No, no uh, services, and many Christians sit around and they ask themselves, well, okay, so what do we what are we to do here? Do we render unto Caesar that which is Caesar? In other words, do we go along with this or? Um, uh, you know, do we keep not thy silence? You know, uh, hold not thy peace. What is what is supposed to be the response from the
1: church? Okay, that's a an excellent question, and I appreciate you asking me. The answer is a little complex, but it is biblical. So let me let me explain. I can give you the biblical and historical context to all of this. So I do not sit in judgment, and I know you don't either. So we are not sitting in judgment on this broadcast over individual pastors or churches or even individual Christians. Everybody knows their own health concerns. They they live in different places under different penalties of law, under different forms of punishment. And so everybody's got to kind of make up their own mind. The church and churches will have to do that together, prayerfully, asking God's wisdom. The book of James says, if you lack wisdom, ask of the Lord and he will give it to you. Just don't be double-minded about it. In other words, don't get all politically correct and make your decisions from there or don't tell God you will do what his word says but then back down because you want to make sure that uh, you're pleasing the world too so so that's the general principle now now to make it even uh, more broad I I often quote Hebrews chapter 10 verse I think it's 24 25 26 right in there where the word of God says look uh, encourage each other build each other up and then it says, and do not forsake the physical assembling of yourselves together. And then it says, as so many are in the habit of doing. Now, you got to remember, that book was written during persecution in the Roman Empire. And then it said, and even more so, do not do this. As you see the, the day, and it's capitalized, in other words, the day of judgment, the day of reckoning, the day of the return of the Lord, as you see the day approaching, even more so, do not give up meeting together. So there's the general biblical command. And I, I know people misquote and misuse, especially government authorities, that don't give a rip about the Word of God until they need to beat us over the head with it. They'll quote Romans 13, you need to obey the government, your, your Bible says obey us, and we're, we're trying to keep everybody safe. No, they're not. If they would, they would follow the science, but they're not following the science. Masks, for example, do not stop a virus. They do not. Ask any surgeon, and they'll tell you. So you can go through all of this, and and, and my point is that we've got to, we've, each church and each congregation has to decide. Now, I'm very blessed, brother. I live in Florida, and in the early days of this, we didn't know what our governor was going to do. We didn't know what the federal government was going to do. We didn't even know if COVID might not have been some biological bomb that had been dropped on us that was going to kill us all. So we were all just very prayerful about it and asking God for wisdom. Well, as it turned out, our governor never shut down the churches. But watch this. In the early days, like April, May, May, June, July, August of 2020 when it was really thick and, you know, and CDC and everybody was saying all of these people are dying and thousands of cases every day and the government was out there just pushing it and pushing it and the election was coming and, oh, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Yet the governor of Florida said, now, that's not the science. Um, I'm not closing the churches, but people can do what they want. All right. Bottom line is, I kept my church open. Now, we took common sense measures. I'm not an idiot, um, and I'll tell your audience what those were in a moment, but the bottom line is we kept our church open, and even in a state with very few restrictions on us, the vast majority of churches closed down anyway and stayed closed, and a bunch of them are still closed, and they live in a state where there's never been a lockdown order. Never. Mm -hmm. Don't you know the people in Calgary would love to live? mean I, 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 the, They wouldn't shut their churches down, but we did, and so I kept ours open, and brother, we caught the wrath of so-called brothers and sisters turning us in like we had committed crimes, calling people on us, and the authorities would say, they're doing nothing wrong. Um, brother, that's a prophetic thing. Jesus said in the last days, brother would turn against brother, sister against sister, turn each other into the authorities, and I mean, I was just trembling watching this saying, guys, What are y'all doing? The Word of God says, cover yourself in prayer, walk in faith, and do not give up the meeting together, but at the same time, there's a balance. Richard, it's like I talked to a surgeon years ago before COVID, and flu, man, flu kills us down here in the United States. I mean, you know, 50, 60, 80,000, 90,000 people every year, hundreds and hundreds of children die from the flu. Yes. So uh, all during the flu seasons... I would tell our church, please wash your hands. Please keep your kids at home if they got a fever. Don't bring them and put them in the nursery. Please, you stay home if you got it. And and people just kind of shrugged it off. Ah, yeah, well, okay. And they'd bring their kids and dump them in the nursery. And, you know, and it just ripped through us like always. Okay. Well, there was a surgeon in my church way back then that came to me and put his arm around me after church one day. He's a very godly man. He has since passed, so I'm not being disparaging. I'm just telling you the truth. Put his arm around me and said, now, Pastor you just need to have more faith um, you don't quit telling people to be washing their hands all the time just just tell them to have faith and i looked at him and I said doctor so and so I'm gonna say i'm gonna say Smith I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say dr. Smith have I, don't I preach faith I live faith for decades right before your eyes I stand in faith when the church won't even stand with me so that's not an issue I said but I tell you what I will qu- quit telling them to wash their hands if the next time you do surgery, you don't wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> we're required. I said, well, just well, just don't do it. And, and, and he said, okay, I see what you mean. So I told him, I said, look, doc, it's a balance. Yes, we lock our doors at night. I have burglar alarms, and I've got fire extinguishers in my house, and I have insurance policies. Uh, but – I also walk in faith every day, knowing that all of that could collapse, and ultimately my ha- my life is in the hands of the Lord. And so it's the same thing with this, Richard. You know, this is not the Black Death. It's not the bubonic plague. It's a nasty thing for people that are 70, 80, 90, and 100 years old with underlying conditions. It, it is. We need to protect them. But but to run and hide and to shut the churches down worldwide and to tremble in the face of the governing authorities who are now feeling their power, that's where I draw the line, brother. And that's where this pastor in Canada drew the line, and I admire him for that. We had pastors all over the United States that got put in jail or threatened to get put in jail or got fined or got their buildings shut down. Brother, it's worldwide. This is prophetic, and we, I have a feeling, have n- only seen the beginning of it
0: right and you point out though that in and everyone now is is you know after wave after wave of uh well they're calling them waves right the second wave of coronavirus the third wave and and people are people are starting to you know finally connect the dots but you make the point that 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 this is always happening the prophecy yes. is always being fulfilled. We don't necessarily make the connections, but I think you make the the comparison to like dominoes toppling over. I do. And through these dominoes topple through every single generation, we just don't know we don't, we don't notice them.
1: That's correct. Thank you for man, you've read my book. Thank you, brother. No, that's the illustration I use that look, I, I give you an example. This is a an extreme example, but it's it is the premier example in the scriptures. In the Garden of Eden, God told Satan there's coming from the womb of a woman a seed of a of the womb a male child that will crush your head. All right, so that's a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, that was given in the garden of Eden. That was before the flood, brother. That was before after the flood with the the you know the 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 tower of babel and uh, thousands of years before Jesus would hit the scene and born in Bethlehem, as the prophet said, etc. And then, you know, 33 years of life and three years of ministry and the cross and then the resurrection and then the birth of the church and 2,000 years of the preaching of the gospel. Well, all of that was foretold. But think of the generations, brother, scores of generations. And and I'm talking about a hundred year time period of generations uh, where the whole generation is gone and now there's a new generation. Nobody lives much past 100 years, so I'm talking about scores of those generations, and the whole time people were looking for those things to happen, and in their lifetime they didn't see it. So some of them were tempted to say, well, God's not working, he's not moving, he's not keeping his promise. Oh, no, it was all being done according to God's timeline. See, if you use the letter A for the Garden of Eden, and the letter Z is the return of the Lord himself— I tell people, we're probably in the WXYs right now. We might even be in the Z, <laughs> you know, the beginning of Z. I mean, it, but it's it's go- God's going to move from A to Z. And so in the garden, he plumped with his finger, he plopped the first domino over. And it's been running through every generation since, that whole line of dominoes. And, and eventually, the last one's going to fall, whether we see it or believe it or understand it or not. It's just like the first coming of Jesus Christ. It it was foretold, it was foretold, it was foretold, it was foretold, it was told when and where and how, uh, through a child, through a male child, in Bethlehem, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the miracles he would work and the things he would do. He would be pierced for our transgressions. Uh, He would rise from the dead. His Holy One would not see decay, et cetera. It's all there, but it it wove its way through the generations so this is the thing about prophecy it fools satan because he he's smart but he's not god so that's why first corinthians chapter 2 says look if the rulers of this age had only known they would not have crucified the lord of glory well what does that mean well satan was behind all that he entered into judas to to betray jesus because he thought by killing jesus somehow he was going to kill god and grab the throne. I mean, you know, Isaiah 14. He says, "I will exalt myself to the throne. I will be worshipped as God." So he thought he had Jesus, but but he didn't understand everything because it was just winding its way through history, and God was just letting the dominoes fall. Satan missed a bunch of it. The reason the Bible says that. they would not have crucified Jesus because that was the trap. Satan walked right into it. That's what—then the resurrection came, then the birth of the church, then the gospel. Now billions of people around the world worshiping Jesus. The very thing Satan was trying to stop, he walked right into it. And the thing is, he's a lot smarter than humanity. So the vast majority of humanity, unless you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit, you're reading the Scriptures, and you're thinking and praying— The vast majority of humanity misses all of this stuff, too, even though it's happening. Look, like right now, I can say we're 73 years the other side of the birth of Israel. Eighty percent of the churches around the world will say, well, so what? And I say, well, that's the birth of the fig tree. That's the thing that Jesus said on the Mount of Olives. Um, When you see the fig tree bloom, that generation won't pass away till all of these other things happen, which includes the return of the Lord. Well, no, it doesn't mean that. Yes, it does exactly it does. (laughs) The scholars know that. The, The Old Testament tells us that's what it means. Jesus would refer to it in various ways several times. That's exactly what it means. But the church doesn't see it by and large, brother. Uh, The unprecedented things that have only happened in the last 10 years and in our lifetime and instantaneous communication information systems and the and now the, the vaccine and, you know, and it's it's an M.R.N.A. And the guy that is part of inventing it, the chief medical officer of Moderna, he's on YouTube on a TED talk. Five years ago, before COVID, saying, these are his words. I played the clip on my radio show last week. We are literally, and he was celebrating this, and the people in the audience clapped. We are literally rewriting the genetic code your genetic code with this new thing. And then of course he says, we could maybe wipe out cancer. We can wipe out this. And I love that. And everybody was clapping. We're turning off and on switches. We're using this messenger RNA to turn switches off in your body and to turn other ones on. And, and that sounds good, except now look how it's being weaponized, you know, vaccine passports. And listen, I'm not, disparaging anybody in your audience that has taken the vaccine or felt like they needed to. I'm just saying, folks, back up and take a look at the weaponization of stuff right before our eyes. Unprecedented things are coming out of this that line square up with the word of God, and we're the first generation to see this stuff happening. So yeah, the dominoes fall through every generation. The problem is most generations miss it even though it's standing right before them. I'll say this, and then I'll hush and let you speak, but the bottom line is, don't forget, they missed the the religious elite of Jesus' day, crucified the Son of God outside the city of God within stone's throw of the temple of God. They did it in the name of God, thinking they were doing God a favor. They missed entirely what all the scriptures said and how they were connected because they were so immersed in their traditions and their little boxed in rules and laws and regulations. They were more concerned about the length of their tassels than they were that here's a man that's raising the dead, causing the lepers to, 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 to be healed, opening the eyes of the blind right before their eyes. But they were filled with jealousy that he had more crowds than they did. I'm so glad we've moved beyond that in our lifetime, aren't you, Richard? <laughs> oh, sure we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my point. I mean, you said it. It's dominoes. It's dominoes. It's a chain of dominoes. And unless you're watching, you can't see that chain unless you are in the Word of God and you are born again and the Holy Spirit is showing you, which is why Satan missed the whole trap of the cross He literally thought he was arranging for Jesus to go to the cross. He entered into Judas to betray him. That's why the scripture said, if he had only known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. But he walked right into the trap. So this is all I'm trying to do in my ministry and the books I write. I'm not here to sell books. I'm here to try to wake up the church. And everything I'm saying now, I'm not pulling it out of my back pocket. I've put it on paper and I've referenced it with mainstream sources and word studies and scholars who are renowned. It's not me making, you know, just coming up with opinions. And so that's that's what I'm trying to do, Richard, in these crazy prophetic days. I'm just trying to wake up the church.
0: So the the subtitle of the summoning, Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah, we talk about that, that verse. Well, he, uh, there's two places in the Bible where Jesus— says you know talks about as in the days of noah but we talk about yep. it a lot on my other programs even on coast to coast usually in conjunction with the modern day alien abduction phenomenon which which some yeah. scholars believe actually yeah. relates to to uh, genesis yeah. 6 and and what jesus was talking about but that we'll leave that aside let's talk about why you include um noah Uh, and jesus uttering this twice about uh, uh, you know when he's asked about the second coming as you know as it was in the days of noah why do you include that in the
1: summoning again thank you for asking me man you you just threw me a softball i can't wait to hit this ball um because because it is the premier uh uh answer to the question of how do we know kind of the days we're in and how do we know how those days are going to ultimately play out to the very end, to the return of the Lord and the pouring out of God's wrath. Jesus said in Luke 17 and Matthew 24... And those two instances are two separate instances, separated by a couple of months. And I describe all of this in my book. I actually take you down the road with Jesus, put you in the crowd with his disciples, and let you feel it, smell it, taste it, touch it, and hear him teach it. But two times he uses the illustration when he's asked, tell us about the last days. How are we going to know this stuff? How's it going to play out? And his answer is, it will be... Just like now, now Richard, th- those words "just like" are are pretty hardcore. He didn't say it'll be kind of like, it'll be similar to, it'll be it'll be real close, not exact, but real close. No, just like means exactly, or or maybe you know technology is different and the times are different, but the spiritual situation and the mechanics of it are exactly the same. It will be just like the days of Noah and luke 17 he also included it'll be just like the days of lot so when we when we took look at the days of noah for example we'll stick to that right now we've got tons of biblical material noah uh, covers from genesis 6 to genesis 10 uh you know and and then from there on we hear noah mentioned over and over in the old testament then you get into the new testament and Noah is talked about by Jesus two or three times. Uh, Peter writes about him in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. The book of Hebrews writes about him. I mean, Noah is mentioned over and over and used as an example of how, how things are going to be. So when you then what you say is, well, let's go back to the days of Noah. And it kind of starts with that Genesis 6, thing you were just talking about, uh, about, and in those days, the sons of God, which is another word for angels or divine beings. It's only used five times in the scriptures, that exact phrase, ben Elohim in Hebrew, and when it's used every other place, it's always identified as uh, an, a- angelic beings. Uh, but in Genesis 6, because it's so unthinkable what it says, but, you know, people freak out, and I tell people, look, we don't know what happened before the flood. The flood destroyed everything. We don't know what kind of technology they had, what kind of things the angels were doing that God allowed or didn't allow. And and Jude and Peter talks about God in those days uh, putting a whole class of angels in the lowest dungeons of hell. I mean, that's in the New Testament. Well, why? Well, uh, there's something in both of those that talks about kind of the Sodom and Gomorrah spirit was involved. So Genesis 6 says, sons of God, We're having children that were coming unto the daughters of men. Something was happening that caused God to say, regardless of what you or I or any of our listeners think that means, and I could talk about this all day, and tell you what I think, but regardless of what we think, here's what we know the outcome was. At the end of it all, before God pushed the reset button, he said this, Richard, all flesh has now become corrupted. And basically, I'm going to put it in modern language, and now, thus saith the Lord, I'm pushing the reset button. (laughs) I'm killing everything that has, has breath, except for the righteous line, the righteous seed of Noah and his family. They are not corrupted. And except the animals that I will bring to Noah. See, Noah didn't go out and collect the animals. The Bible says three times, God brought them to him, and except for those animals that didn't, weren't corrupted, and those humans that weren't corrupted, their flesh. That means DNA, brother. <laughs> their flesh was corrupted. Uh, God says, I'm going to kill everything else that has breath. Everything. Something horrific was going on. Now, Jesus had the audacity 2,000 years ago to say, the last days will be just like that. Well, so two thousand years have come and gone, and we've not had any kind of technology available to us to mix animal and human flesh or to re edit mm. or to recode the genome of well, animals and humans. F- funny you should say that. Or to or I'm, to Yeah, or I'm, to rewrite the genetic code, except now. And this right. has only happened in the last ten years.
0: I'm looking at a Wall Street Journal story. In the latest advance, researchers in the U.S. and China announced earlier this month that they made embryos that combined human and monkey cells for the first time. Yep.
1: Yep. I've reported on that, too, brother. I mean, this is all unprecedented stuff. And see, here's the dominoes. Dominoes are falling all over the place. And the vast majority of the church doesn't see it. All all they're worried about is, man, we got to somehow get our money up. We got to get our tithes up and we got building payments to make. And, you know, and I, I understand, brother, that's a part of life. I get it we're just blessed in our church. We we're, we don't have any debt. I've been there 35 years. We've worked hard just to be the real church as much as possible. We didn't close during COVID. God is blessed and blessed and blessed. But the vast majority of the church doesn't see these dominoes falling, the mixing of flesh, the, the corrupting of the gene genome. And listen, brother, the thing about the vaccines, I, I'm just going to be honest and tell your folks, I'm not a, a conspiracy theorist to the point of saying, oh, yeah, these vaccines are putting in your arms right now. Uh, yeah, they They've got death bombs in them. They're going to kill you in a few years. Or, yeah, they're, they're tracing you, every movement. But here's the thing. People say, well, are you going to take it, Pastor Carl? And I say, no, I'm not, at least not now, and probably never, because we're just in the last days, brother. And, and, and here's why. Because it's a brand new technology that the guy that invented it is on the Internet bragging that we're rewriting your genetic code. Brother, I don't want anybody rewriting my genetic code and not with sticking a needle in my arm. And then when you consider all the other technology we have, even though I'm not a conspiracy theorist on this right now, but they can do anything they want to with this as a delivery system. But first, you have to get everybody terrified and everybody willing to line up to have a needle put in your arm. And right now, you can go to the end NIH website, the National Institute of Health, and they have a huge article that talks about the global epidemic, this is their word, of the fear of death that is being driven by COVID-19, and it's causing, their word, mental disease all over the planet. So the spirit of Antichrist is setting everything up, brother, and so people say, well, do you think this vaccine's the mark of the beast? And my answer is, I I really don't think the COVID-19 vaccine is. I mean, it could prove to be because it's got a lot of the traits of it. You know, you got to carry a card, you got to get it done, you can't buy, you can't work, you can't eat. I get that. But the point is, if it's not the mark of the beast, it certainly is a dry run. And when we look, if you step back and look in the Holy Spirit... The epidemic of fear, the epidemic of mental disease, the epidemic of suicides, the epidemic of drug abuse and depression, uh, the epidemic of t- terror of death over a, 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 right now over a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate all over the planet. But people are terrified, and they're lining up by the billions to take a vaccine that can be used either now or sometime in the future to deliver death or to really mess with our genome and to, and, and, and it's like the days of Noah, brother. That's what God said before he killed everything. He said, look, all flesh is corrupted now. And why we get a hint that a lot of it was being driven by the fallen angelic realm. We would call that now the demonic realm. The sons of God had fallen out of grace, had stepped over the line, and they were coming unto the daughters of men, and they were either able to have some kind of sexual union, or they were using some kind of technology messing with the genome. They were involved. The Bible says it, Richard.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's I just um, made kind of an, int- well, may may not be a connection, but Bill Gates, of course, has been pushing these vaccines, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that Bill Gates is the Antichrist, but You know what's interesting? His latest project has to do with climate change. What does he want to do? He wants to dim the sun.
1: I saw that. I saw that, brother. You know, I wrote a book called Final Warning, and I said, "Look, the trumpets are blowing now." I know. know, I don't want to get into eschatology, but basically, there's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and the people that believe in pre-trib, bless their hearts. If 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 that, I want that to be the truth. I don't see it in the scriptures, but I'm willing to, you know, to be corrected. But the bottom line is. I see it that the trumpets are blowing. And, and, you know, people say, well, what about the dimming of the sun? That's not happening. Well, we, th- in my book, I actually record where the dimming of the sun in certain parts of the earth has been actually recorded over the last 20 years, and they attribute it to all different kinds of things. But now, as you said, we've got one of the richest men in the world, the technology guru of the world, one of his fantasies and dreams is to dim the sun. Mm. I mean, right out of the pages of scripture, brother.
0: So, what do we what do we do? We we don't build an ark because that's not the way, uh, you know, God made this covenant, right? He's not going to destroy the world with a flood. So, how do Christians prepare?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, the building of the ark, we do build it, but not. That's a metaphor for us now. Uh, our days are just like the days of noah so we don't build an aircraft carrier size literal ship in our backyard we don't do that but the ark now is the body of christ i mean listen that on in genesis in noah's day three different times it says god shut the door to the ark in other words anybody could have gotten on that ark noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years he was begging people and they laughed at him they called him a conspiracy theorist and a nutty prepper Because he was loading it up with food and water and all of his necessities and animals and his family. And, you know, the the people were saying, Oh, man, you're an idiot. And they mocked him and they scoffed. But when the rain started, the doors slammed shut. Now, what does Jesus call himself? Uh, If we're going to be saved, we have to come through him. Why? He says, I am the door, I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes into the ark but by me. Nobody comes to my Father but by me. Jesus is the door. That door represented the gospel of Jesus Christ and the ability to come to him in salvation. I'm trying to wake up the church, brother. I'm trying to wake up the world. The ark is being built. It's called the gospel. It's called the church. Satan has taken an ax, and he's chipping away at it right now for the first time in 2,000 years. Preachers are put in jail. Christians are being put in jail all over the world. Churches are shut down all over the world, especially on Resurrection Sunday. It's happening right before our eyes. So what do we do? I tell Christians, look, I don't set dates. I don't know the day or the hour. I don't run around screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling and wringing my hands. That is the antithesis of living in faith. That's telling God, I don't trust you. I'm scared to death. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't think you know what you're doing. Uh, but we live in faith. God knows what He's doing. He's got this. He's raised us up for such a time as this. We're the Esther's of our world. We are the Noah's of our world. Peter says that. We are the Lot's of our world living in Sodom and Gomorrah with that spirit sweeping the world. We are that. And Peter makes a big deal in his books, First and Second Peter. And I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically says, look, if God knew how to take care of Noah in his day, and if God knew how to take care of Lot in his day, he will take care of us in our day, and especially in the last days, those that are here. So I tell people, look, get up tomorrow, mow the grass, pay your bills, put your children in school save for the future, go to work. Don't put on a white robe and sit on top of a mountain somewhere and cross your legs and, and, and do your, you know, your yoga exercises. No, no, no. Get out there and live like Noah did, like Lot did. But what do we do? We build the ark in the midst of it. What does that mean? We speak the word of God. We preach and teach the word of God. We, we put out the truth of God's word like you're doing right now. You're, you are putting planks in the ark of the last days right now. That's what you and I are doing. You do that, because we don't know the day or the hour. Um, um, the coming of the Lord may outlive us. Brother, we're only here for a breath, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, and we're gone. The next generation comes. I think we're very close to the return of the Lord. I mean, we're, we're in the, the X,Y,Zs,, Z's. Uh, we're there. There's no other way that it can be. We're 73 years the other side of the return of Israel. I mean, we it can't it can't be that it's going to be thousands of more years or even hundreds of more years. It cannot be according to the word of God. It is coming soon, and it has snapped, brother. Like my book says, it's happening, but we don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know where the pockets of protection are going to be. Pray for the speed of the coming of it, the Bible says. And the Bible says, encourage each other with these words, because when it comes, we win. And it's going to be amazing. New heaven, new earth, new everything. And we rule and reign with him. All of that's in the future. But the bottom line is tomorrow's another day and the grass is going to grow and we got to cut it. And we have bills to pay. So do it and do it faithfully, but keep your head on a swivel Understand the times we're living in, stand in the truth of God's word. There's so much lying and deception and fake news out there. Stay out of that stuff. Stay away from that. You know, don't get immersed in the lies of the world and the non-science that's being crammed down our throat and we're told it's science. That's a lie. You got to stand in God's word and live by faith. That's what I tell God's people. Listen, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Not the pain and the death and the fear and the misery that's going around the world, but I'm enjoying the challenge of living in the midst of it and helping people understand it and ministering to people and bringing people into the ark, just like you and I are doing right now.
0: The summoning, preparing for the coming days of Noah. Carl, how do we get a copy? Can we get a copy?
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to discourage people from looking, but I've had so many people say, man, I heard your broadcast the other day and I've been looking. I can't find it anywhere. Well, it it, it is being printed. It's just it's, it's on back order everywhere. I mean, literally, I haven't checked Amazon today, but it's been weeks. I mean, they haven't been able to get it in stock. And when they do, it sells out in one day. It's gone. But I can say this, keep looking, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles, brick and mortar stores have it or can order it for you, big ministries that have them in stock, you can get them, or we've got, in my offices, I'm telling you, brother, um, we've got two or three boxes left that we have here, I guess there's 30 or 40 in each box, so what's... Maybe 100, 120 books we've got here. I'll sign them for them. Uh, And if if you're in the United States, I mean, the shipping is free. If you're outside the United States, we'll work with you, whatever it's going to cost. I mean, we'll work with you on it. Uh, But you can get them from me, carlgallops.com. If they'll go there, they'll see an email and a phone number right at the top of the page, carlgallops.com. But don't give up on all the other normal sources. It's just God's using it, and it's just very popular and people are being ministered to. So so don't give up. It's out there. I mean, we haven't quit printing it. It's just the printers can't keep up with the demand right now.
0: That's a nice problem to have. <laughs> Carl? It
1: is. It is. All praise to the Lord.
0: Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for this.
1: <laughs> oh, Richard, thank you. I, it's always a pleasure to be on. And listen, you've let me do a lot of talking tonight. I'm very aware of that. Thank you for that, brother.